When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcasts and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hello once again, everyone. It's Mike Tanay from TNA Wrestling, and welcome to In the Room. Here's Brady, Kathy, The Stroh, Jordan, and Derek. Nothing to rearrange Sometimes you just Get a feeling like you need Some kind of change No matter what all this time Nothing's gonna stand in my way It's playing in my heart Like a long lost friend You've never got to wait A All right, sorry about that, guys. We're having a little bit of a technical issue on our end, uh, or on somebody's end. I'm not sure who it is. Uh, but welcome back to In the Room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, right here live on VOCNation.com. We have Strowan and Ray Bogus waiting in the wings. Uh, something is going on where it won't let their video or their audio play. So uh, I'm going to recommend that they try and call back. And we have Ray, so it's just Papa Strowan. Hi. Point. Hi, what's going on, Ray? How you doing? Oh, you know, just living the dream, living the dream, laughing at, yeah. uh, laughing at some of the things I'm reading about what WWE's reaction to some of the stuff we've seen, we've seen is, and I'm about to enjoy the official beverage of the show because it is 8 billion degrees out here in the Arizona Valley. I'm going to enjoy a delicious, clearly Canadian, along with tonight's program. You are clearly Canadian? I haven't had that in forever. So, they don't... 
I, I'm sorry, guys. I know we got a lot of people to introduce, but I, I got to hear this. This is big stuff. Okay. Go to your local Kroger or oh, forget um, that. Or no, no, no. Or um, Kroger equivalent. So let me let me see. Hey, Hold on. Ray, this hasn't been in the area in probably 15 years. Forever. Forever, and then I ended up seeing it uh, when I was back. I was in Indiana for a while over the summer, uh, amongst other places, as you can see. Um, but I was in Indiana for a while, and I was at a grocery store, and I saw it there. Yeah. And then when I got back out west, when I got back out west, I started looking, looking for it in other stores. And then I found it, and like I said, I mean, we don't have Kroger out here either. They're just the parent company. So let me. Kathy Fitz, what's going on, Kathy? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Brady. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, we also have uh, Stro Maestro joining us. A couple of tech issues there. What's going on, Stro? How are you doing, brother? <laughs> Oh, I only had to lock up with um, Zoom, but uh, yeah, I, I guess we uh, got back in the swing of things. Hey, how you guys, doing great to be here. <laughs> Zoom always goes over in the end, so. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zoom uh, is the booker. Yeah, I uh, we I already introduced Ray and uh, Jim Molino, former ECW referee, uh, all over the independence now. What what's going on, Jim? How are you? Glad to be back again. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for coming back. We're we're excited to have you. And I have a real surprise for you guys. As if this panel wasn't big enough, uh, the reason that Jim is even here is because Matt Grimm was taking some time off. Well, Matt had an open night tonight, so he decided to call in and join us to uh, to gloat about AEW. What's going on, Matt? How you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm having a much better week than WWE is right now. <laughs> <laughs> not if you believe not if you believe the reports. Yeah, I gotta hear these the reports. reports. They don't I've been if away. You, if you believe if you believe what the different if you believe what some of the different sites are saying, apparently like apparently this is this is the direct quote I've seen and I've seen it a couple places. Mm-hmm. Like to the point that to the point that I'm willing to give this some credence. That WWE and this is the exact quote that I've seen everywhere says that they don't view Danielson or Cole as a threat, or as a, uh, not a threat, that they don't view them as a, let me look at the words here, they don't view either Danielson or Cole as a big loss. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my, look, I get, like, like you do you to say things. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm above that. We've all done that at some point. Uh, but you have to be, like, good about it. If, if Brian Danielson and Adam Cole aren't big losses, well then, like, who other than Roman Reigns is? Is that the only big loss? I, I let me go a step further. Let, let's pretend for a minute that those reports are true and and they actually do say and think that behind the scenes. Well, then they're basically, and this isn't a perfect analogy, but they're standing on the Titanic and not thinking that hitting the iceberg was a big problem. Because even if you're going to go under the assumption that those two aren't a big loss, it still represents a dynamic shift in the way that all of the talent that is employed by them now views that company and views their alternatives in the workplace with other companies. 
it doesn't need, they don't the two of them individually don't need to be seen by WWE as a big loss because I think they represent a changing mindset among the wrestlers themselves and that long term is so, going to cause problems for WWE. So can I piggyback on that and kind of take take your furtherance of mine even a step further? It's not necessarily. I suppose if WWE was, say, was sitting there saying that, like, the number of people that might subscribe or not subscribe to Peacock is going to be negligible, or the pe- number of people that might subscribe or not subscribe to a pay-per-view, or that might tune into Raw, or whatever the case may be, I can, for any one individual, I can buy that the difference is negligible and that that is not a big loss. However, and I think you I think you were if you weren't there and just wording this differently, you were pretty close. It's optics. I don't have to care at all about how you don't, I, Ray. <laughs> you really don't. I mean you're right, I don't. But like if I'm in charge of a if I'm in charge of a if I'm in charge of a company or I'm in charge of a peanut gallery off here, in the, off here in way. to the right-hand side of me. I don't have to care how their perception of me is at all. But I do have to care if people that are friends with them, people that have worked with them, I do have to care if everyone else starts to view that something as bad, I have to then reflect on whether or not I have prioritized things properly. Absolutely. Optics. Like, like, like you don't have, fine, you don't think they're a big loss, but everyone else thinks they are. And while I'm not one to be inclined to say, do what the group's doing because the group is good, I am one who is going to say, you know, in this particular instance, a lot of very smart people, and I put the people that host this show amongst that when I say very smart people who are either directly in the industry or at least talk about it, are saying this is big. You need Sorry. to Team stop wait. it. Team wait. <laughs> freaking clown horn. You need to think about that in a different way than what you are. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> perception is reality, I, I think, is the, the phrase that I hear so much in the independent. Perception is reality. If people think it's a big deal, well, I mean, I guess it's a big deal at that point because the people that think that are the ones that matter. We, we're lucky enough to have two guys who were on television with major companies, uh, Stro Maestro as well as Jim Molyneux. What do you guys think? This, this switchover, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson we knew about. Adam Cole we didn't. Uh, is this as big as the NWL 25 years ago? Sure, what do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, for this day and time in, in the, the current modern industry, yes, it is a big deal. But to, to dare I say be as big as the NWL was, I mean, you got to consider Hulk Hogan, even before he was NWO, he was selling out arenas every night right. getting the same reaction over and over again. And then, and with the NWO, I mean, here's the thing. With the NWO, they were so huge on the scene, and they continually end up selling out arenas and so forth. So the real test is, the real test is, 
Can mm. the guys like CM Punk, can the guys like Daniel Bryan, rather, and Adam Coles and all that continually pop houses each and every night like they did? Yeah, that's that, a real sure. Jim, what do you think about it? Pretty big impact? Yeah, I, I agree with Stro. It's going to be very difficult for um, those guys to, to pop, you know, to, to fill the buildings every night because you've gone at least one generation of wrestlers that have not filled buildings every night. Mm-hmm. You haven't had a wrestler, a, a you know, a one big-name wrestler like, like Stro mentioned Hulk Hogan. The last person that was like that was – Stone Cold Steve Austin or or The Rock, and yeah. you've gone, you've skipped a generation of of wrestlers, and there was there hasn't been one since that that's been at the top. Um, Brock Lesnar didn't fill the houses. Roman Reigns isn't filling houses. Um, you know whoever else they had. John had Cena up there. Eh, I don't know. You I can't see so. him now, but yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If I could counter that, I just maybe give – and I actually would like to hear both your perspective and Stroh's perspective on this. Is it so much that we skipped a generation where no one could fill seats? Or did – and this, is, this would be more what I'm inclined to think. Did WWE miss an entire generation of wrestlers? Because I think they missed the ball with Brian Danielson. I think they miss, I think they missed their shot with CM Punk. I think they did have those guys, and they and they baiting WWE chose to act in a way that didn't allow those wrestlers to fill arenas. I, I agree. I can agree with that because they. I think what's not filling, causing them to fill the arenas is the fact that they have writers. <laughs> you know, they yeah. have the, the, the comedy show writers. They have Damn the writers. Show writers. They have reality show writers that are, are writing for guys to read, and the guys are walking around with scripts in their hands trying to learn lines. And believe it or not, they're not actors. They're there to be wrestlers. Right. And so they are looking at scripts and looking at them and reading them like this all day long. And when they get in front of the camera, they've been going like this in front of the, you know, in, in front of everyone all day long with no emotion or anything. And, and I think that, I think the storylines and, and the lack of emotion in, in the wrestlers from reading scripts has turned people away. You know, maybe, maybe the reason is um, more a change in the business than anything. I, I agree. Uh, I agree. He, he said but, it. He said it. Emotion's the key, man. It's it's been the best seller since the beginning of the time. It always will sell. Mm-hmm. You got to here, be you got to be genuine and you got to show emotion. Yeah, and here's the thing. I I think that WWE has kind of um, mutated. Matt, do you think mutated is a fair enough word? Uh, I don't think WWE is today. But it originally even set out to be 20 years ago. I, I think that they've morphed into this entertainment company that's just obsessed with generating as much con, con, content and uh, selling as many ad dollars as possible. So as a result, like they're not worried about putting together a wrestling show like they would have during the Attitude Era or even during the Ruthless, ruthless Aggression Era. Um, 
it's different. I would argue that the only guy on the roster really that could have fit in in the Attitude Era as he currently is is Roman Reigns. Maybe Edge. Well, uh, but, but, I mean, yeah, and there are two guys that are afforded those liberties that most people aren't. Look, this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I think it, it plays probably about as much as 90% of the role in the problem that WWE has. Where you're absolutely right, it's not the same company that it was 20 years ago. It certainly isn't the same company that it was 25 years ago. WWE is a publicly traded company now. It has been for, what, 15 years at this point, maybe a little more. Um, mm-hmm. Publicly traded companies are not beholden to their own employees. They're not beholden to their customers. They're beholden to their stockholders. And all the stockholders care about is a return and profit. They're not really – it's like you said. They've mutated from being a wrestling company to an entertainment company, and they're an entertainment company that now the brand itself is supposed to be the star. And historically, if you just look at the way pro wrestling has worked, that's not never been true of any other company before, including the WWF pre, um, a pre publicly traded company era. Um, would you say that Stone Cold Steve Austin was a was bigger than the WWE when he was on top of the world? and setting things on fire, I think you could probably make that case. I think you could make the same case about Hogan in the 80s. They, it, the company just isn't structured that way anymore, which actually, in the long run, has hurt them and made it difficult to develop any characters that people care about. And hence, for sure, we're in uh, the situation uh, that we're uh, in now. Sure, sure. Uh, 914-338-1885, by the way, is the number to call in tonight. I see we have a couple of callers already. Uh, Steve, you're up first. Just hang tight, and we'll get to you real shortly. Uh, I mean, obviously, WWE is uh, in tailspin, and that's damage control when they talk about, you know, that, that it doesn't really matter losing those guys. I, I mean, I, I think any time you lose major stars, it hurts. You know, they just uh, two weeks ago they had a, a, an announcement that Adam Cole had a meeting with Vince McMahon and it went great. Again, damage control apparently. A- apparently, yep. so I, I, I'm really curious what all you guys think. And they weren't the only ones to show up in AEW, by the way. Uh, Ruby Riot uh, now Ruby Soho shows up, and I think honestly that might be the most impactful move long term that they're going to have, other than Punk. Uh, and Punk, I think it could kind of go either way. Uh, but but that women's division, aside from Britt Baker, is really struggling. And when you can add a talent like Ruby, I, I feel like right away that's a step up. That's a major step up. I think Adam Cole is going to just be a, a, a lackey with those other guys in AEW with the with the elite. And I think it's a mistake. I do. Um, at least in WWE, he was going to be his own guy. Jim, I was worried for a long time he was going to be a cruiserweight. But he would have been his own guy. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you. Anyone who affiliates with, um, I I can say the executive vice presidents, um, yeah. <laughs> as as opposed to the elite. But um, you know, you're not going to get any further than than them. I, I said it last week when I was on. Um, look at the Young Bucks. Who's going to be a better tag team than the Young Bucks as long as they're in charge? Yeah. Um, you know, and and here's an, another point I was thinking of. If, you know, you're that 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 fringe talent with WWE that's thinking of going. 
um, or, or leaving, and where are you going to go? AEW, they should have a sign on the front door, no room. <laughs> they're, they're full up. I yeah. mean, they've got talent that aren't even making it on their YouTube shows. That, that's how much talent they have. So if you're one of those guys who think, that, you know, I can go with Cole or I can, you know, go with the other guys that have just left, where are you going to go now? Um, and nothing against any of the other companies that are out there because I, I love watching the, the other – I don't want to use – I shouldn't say the word. Um, but the other, other companies that are out there that have right. have national attention – do um, you go to one of those and, and make an impact on a company there? Um, I, I think it's an option as long as it's financially settled, you know, financially acceptable to you. Why not go to one of the other companies and, and help help build them? I think there's something to that. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things, Brady. Do you want to jump in first or do you want me to go? No, you can go. Fine. Okay. I think there's, I think there's a couple of things to address here. Um, number one, as, as I kind of want to go back to something Brady said, which is that Ruby Riot now Ruby Soho. Soho. I love that video, by the way. Soho. Soho. Just by rancid. Yeah, it's a good, good band. Good yeah. band, rancid. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Great band. Brady, I think that you're, I think you're right that Ruby Riot might end up being the biggest fan of them, but I don't think it's necessarily for the same reason. Because that women's division... Sorry. Yeah, I agree. That women's division is struggling. That women's division is struggling, but it's not for lack of talent. It's for lack of know-how. Okay. So they don't know how to be good. Okay, well, I, I look at I look at someone like Tay Conti. Yes, she's very talented. Yes. Ooh, uh, oh, talented! That is a word I would use to describe her. At the ass, as they say. Has I shouldn't have said that. Care about her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. Fine. There's not really much of anything in the actual in like her actual wrestler's toolbox. Yeah. And and I think I think. You might be right. Ruby Riot might, Ruby Soho, might be the kind of the biggest signing to this, but it's because now it doesn't it doesn't have to be well. Watch Brit. There's someone else that will know how to do these things, yeah, and can make other people better. Because right now, I mean, you're right. Like, like it is struggling because unless you're in a program with Britt Baker. You're not you're not necessarily working with anyone who can make these better. I, I, if you're if you're a middling talent, you know, I have to, to guess I get to kind of just uh, put both of them together. I mean, I think you're right. If you're if you're one of these more middling talents, some of these other promotions are looking really attractive right now. That unless Unless AEW wants to give you a whole bunch of money to not wrestle, what, what are the answers going to be on TV? I, mean, I, I think I think that is definitely I, something that they need to consider. And, and I think that's where like Impact comes in. For example, like they're just swallowing up a bunch of talent 
that just would have been so above them just a couple years ago uh, just because they're available and AEW can't take everybody. I know it's weird to say AEW can't take everybody because it feels like they're like Ellis Island lately. Like they'll just take just about anybody that, you know, the huddled masses, right? Um, So I I feel like the company could go in either direction right now, Matt. I do. Um, I don't want to be a negative Nelly. I feel like they could definitely be real competition for WWE with the talent that they have. And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that that's the case uh, because WWE needs to get pushed. They need to get pushed, and the only way they're going to push themselves is if it looks like they're losing and they're going to be embarrassed. You know, NXT they thought was embarrassing. That ain't going to be as embarrassing as when Raw starts losing to them. And I see that yeah. happening maybe in the next year if things keep going the way that they are. I really do. Um, that's one it way. certainly is trending that way. The other way that Jim mentioned. Yeah. I, and, and I, I mean, I'm curious your thought, but the other way, and this is something that definitely struck me, Jim, you kind of mentioned it, AEW is swallowing up so much talent right now, it's more than they can put on TV. So they're soon going to have the same problem as WWE is. They're going to have a bloated roster where they can't use everybody. It's so funny because a year, year and a half ago, we're talking about New Japan and Impact and Major League Wrestling and AEW and all these different options where wrestlers could go where you don't necessarily need to go to WWE. It's almost like AEW kind of became that destination, and nobody wants to go to WWE, but nobody wants to go to the independents anymore either. Nobody wants to go to New Japan or MLW or, like I said, to a certain extent, Impact. It's... um. I think it's bad. I, I think it's bad. I, I think all that talent that got gobbled up by the big company, Jim, they're going to have to go other places. You can't have it this top-heavy. Yeah, all, all those guys that first signed with AEW, all those independent um, starlings that, that they, they signed yeah. when they, they first opened up um, who haven't been doing anything, their contracts are going to end soon, mm-hmm. uh, I would think. And, and not get renewed. when they do and not not get picked up again, not any fault of their own, but because the you know there, there's only so much room in the in the locker room, um, where are they going to go? They haven't been able to show what they can do um, because of all the talent there. So when you look when you're looking at other companies like an NWA or, or MLW or Impact, are they going to take them? If, if not, they're back back to the Indies. WCW went through the same thing. They went through the same thing. There's nothing wrong with going back to the Indies. I've recently done it. (laughs) Right? Oh, absolutely. Nothing at all. Look, look, I mean, look what it did for Drew McIntyre or Jinder Mahal or, I mean, any number of guys who over the years, like, you know, you think they got some potential. They leave. They retool themselves, and then they come back stronger than ever. Um, I think AEW is going to really quickly find out what WWE is slowly learning itself, that, like, you don't need to sign everybody under the sun. Because when you do, all you're doing is a disservice to all these different guys and girls. And you, you look at, like, you mentioned all these indie darlings and stuff. Joey Janela. When's the last time Joey Janela's been on TV? Or, or Sonny Kiss. Like, you know, these are names that they built the company around when they first kind of started, who now are just sitting there doing nothing. And it's a shame. And I don't see WWE scooping them up because they want to develop their own, I'm guessing, bodybuilders again. They're going to go back to 2008. I don't know. 
Yeah, and who knows what's going to yeah. happen with NXT. I mean, you know, with with revamping uh, the people that are in charge, if, if the rumors going around, you know, a few years ago, even six months ago, you would have said, there's no way the son-in-law is going to get fired. Well, guess what? The son-in-law yeah. might be getting fired. <laughs> and the logo already looks like graffiti. The mo- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, and I've seen this happen so many times, Matt. Um it's like WWE has something hot, you know, they put it on TV, they overexpose it, it struggles a little bit, they retool it and ruin it. I mean, it happened yep. so many times in the past, and, and it's only going to happen with NXT. Uh, my prediction is when they go to renew for Raw on USA, uh, then NXT will not be part of the next deal. That would be my guess. And then where does it surprise them? Are they on Peacock? You know? No, that leaves them all. That leaves them four hours yeah. of raw instead of three. Oh god! Oh boy! <laughs> Did you hear? Not Tony Khan. Who's, who's, who's the con man? Who's the con man for WWE? Oh, Not Nick Khan. Tony. That's Khan? the right word, con man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, he said. Yeah. He said. It's Nick. He Nick could Khan. picture yeah. an eight-hour raw. He could picture an eight-hour raw. No. That was from the point of view of a of just a board of directors guy who's trying to please the stockholders. That is not a guy who's yeah. worried about actually putting on a good show that the fans want to watch you know, with, with with personalities that they that they care about. That is just a money what, man. What? He, that's just a money man viewpoint. That's better hand than me. Even <laughs> better hand than me. I, I couldn't do it about drive. Even in the one night TV taping days, uh, WWE. Or WWF. I mean, they didn't do. They weren't doing an eight-hour show. I think the worst I ever heard was like WCW did like five, didn't they, Stro? Like a five-hour thing. Yeah, yeah. They was did that all nighter one time too? <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. And they could bring back the guest hosts, and you have Jerry Lewis come back, you know, and he could host the uh, the Raw All Night Marathon, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. Brady, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to not just. This idea that I'm pretty sure Jerry Lewis is no longer with us. Well, we'll get him in. Actually, Damn it. Which actually, I was going to say, that might make him the <laughs> best possible host for that. Well, that was, uh, bring him back Kiwi as a Herman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still like when the Muppets did it, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, so ridiculous. Yeah. Nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Let's go to the phones. Let's bring on Steve and let's see what Steve has to say about this. Obviously, AEW coming off the biggest night in its history since last Friday. Uh, what, what's going on, Steve? Oh, uh, just uh, becoming the win because I need their wagon call in. I didn't catch. What, say that again. Okay, you're, then. You're, you're, you're getting too smart for this show. <laughs> the Minoru Suzuki team. Sorry, I just was excited. Oh. He was my favorite arrival and yeah. all out. That, that's some of those uh, intelligent humors. Nah, just the theme song is the banger. I got you. So what are you thinking, Steve? Uh, <laughs> pretty excited about Adam Cole and uh, Daniel Bryanson. And, uh, that, that's what he should go by, Daniel Bryanson. That would have been funny. Because then Brian they could Danielson. trademark that. I'm glad yeah. American Dragon is back. He on the media scrum, he wants to kick uh, heads in again. So 
I'm uh, I'm <laughs> glad we're gonna get a fire with Daniel Bryan. He hasn't said that since the build up to WrestleMania. <laughs> I was watching um, uh, I was watching some SWV earlier trying to do that homework that Jim uh assigned. Yeah. It's pretty old. Yeah. I um I was watching the last episode too. It was pretty good. Um it was interesting. Uh, I I saw that they opened up the last show with two title changes right away. I boom boom. And I was like, Oh, uh, that kinda caught my attention, you know? I uh I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, they're yeah, very talented people yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like such a good mix of independent and like off of T V talent, you know? I don't think there's many I mean, the indies like that around here. I was say, like, like, yeah. Like, I guess if we're bringing, I guess if we're going to this, like, if we're kind of going to transition to this topic. Well, I'm just doing it because Steve's here, yeah. Well, no, but like, like, I did my homework too, and I think maybe I might need help translating this because I think this might be something where only someone who got into wrestling a little bit later could maybe articulate. So I might need help. It didn't. Yes, you knew it was an indie promotion, but it didn't have that sort of this is a depressing indie show feel. You get what I'm like going for? Yeah. It felt like they. It felt like they knew like just basic. Production and staging things. It reminded me. Simple Sorry. Yeah, I. It reminded me of um. You know what it reminded me of actually was saw wrestling out of Nashville. Like it was like the same kind of like concept. It was like you know to guys that we were familiar with mixing with independent talent, decent production value. They had some people in the crowd. It was just. It was just a good show, you know? Like ECW, um, they didn't have the best production value, but they were a good show, you know? They they were an mm-hmm. enjoyable show. Everything made sense. Um, sometimes I think Vince McMahon could have benefited from having camera guys that did things a little bit differently, you know? Like like what ECW used to do. Like it was re- – and, and what they do. Like they, they, were, they were doing a lot of like kind of under-the-rope angles and stuff like that. It's like it's – like, I don't know. It's like it, it, they made it feel different, you know. It didn't just feel like an independent company that I was happening to catch on YouTube. It it had a different presentation to it, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. it. To me, to me, it had the presentation of a, a territorial company. Yes, that's and, it. Yes, you know, yes. I think that's what attracted me to it. Yeah, was that. If I were to go to a show in any one of their towns, uh, uh, you know, a house show, I would know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether the, yeah, and obviously with the smaller shows, the local shows, they probably don't bring in those, those recent releases uh, in the way of talent that you would see on the TV show. It's more of the, the, the local guys and the guys they use on a regular basis, which reminds me of an old, more like an old TWA as opposed to ECW. TWA was like that. We used all the local guys mm-hmm. and, and had storylines going with them. 
And then four times a year, we would bring in people that, you know, Joe liked. <laughs> right. <laughs> more, more than anything. And they were mostly Memphis guys, which, which yeah. was still great because, you know, a lot of the fans didn't see the Memphis guys back in the day because that was that was even before tape trading, really. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, it was an interest to, to see these guys that we didn't see before. So I, th- I think that may- maybe that's why I like it because I compare it to, to where I started. Yeah. It's, that's cool. I really like that you said that because – just real quick, because like it reminded once you said that, and maybe you're right. Like it felt like kind of like if you go back and watch like an old championship wrestling from Florida taping, it felt a little like that. And these, see that. these guys do have local TV. Yeah, I was okay. thinking uh, small, smaller world class. That's what I was thinking because they're in Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was cool, though. It, it was definitely cool. And my God, TWA, yeah. I haven't thought about that since the last time Joel came on the show. It's a that was a fun time. That was a that was a fun time. You know, you hadn't lived until you heard a Joe's and Oli story about hiding in the shower to get away from Abby. You know. <laughs> what about what about his uh, what about his lesser known? Uh, his lesser-known half-brother, Joe Cannoli. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Where, where's the hair? Take the cannoli. I'm not ready for that. There we go. <laughs> that was loud. Thank you. That was loud. It was. <laughs> I don't know, Steve. I, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Honestly... If I could put SWE, if I could put that um, on my Comcast, then uh, I guess I would have wrestling every night of the week. Never mind. I I don't want to do that. I'll just watch it on YouTube um, once in a while. Jim, do you you, uh, work with them behind the scenes? Is that what you were talking about last week? No, I don't. I'd sit down for a meeting with them if they were interested. <laughs> but no, no, it's oh, just okay. something I stumbled across on, on YouTube yeah. during the, the pandemic, and I was like, wow, I, it, it hooked me. And I just started – I went back to the the, the, the latest episode or the, the furthest oldest episode that they had and started watching them in chronological order um, and mm. just became um, a fan. Is there one SWE guy that stood out to you that could fit in with ECW? I was going to ask you in general from today, but I think specifically SWE, I think, would be a better question. Uh, as far as their regulars, yeah, I would I would say um, Moonshine Mantel, Brian Mantel. <laughs> I really okay. like him. I really, really like him. I can see him going somewhere today with and, and – not even NXT. I mean, I could see him on the WWE roster. I could see him in, in, in anyone's roster. This guy fits in. He's old school, but he adapts to modern times with, with some of the things he does. Um, they, they ran a great angle with him. I don't know if you watched some of the, the back episodes, but they ran a great angle with him, with one of the other wrestlers um, that went on for, for months. And it was just so well done. Um and at the time, Kevin Sullivan 
uh, was part of their booking committee, and I could just yeah. tell that Kevin's hand was <laughs> there involved cool. nice. with these two guys. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like I like Ryan Mantell, very good guy. He's out of uh, Kansas City. Okay. Uh, what okay. was, the, what yeah. was the match on the? Sorry, what was the recent? What was the match on the recent show that had the bleach uh, bottle? That was like, an interesting uh, moment. Like I had never thought of that myself. Like using a a spray bottle in the match. That was kind of a cool idea. It's just a variation on um, putting, you know, using something in somebody's eye, like you know, precious. Having the uh, the hairspray, a blinding you know, when she was yeah. with Garvin, Harrison, you know, that, that kind the of model, yeah. Rick yeah. Martell, yeah, the model, yeah, yeah. Okay, can I can I sort of just ask Steve a question? Because I, I would say Steve probably watches more wrestling than anyone who actually hosts this show. And I think that's safe to say. I would say that's I, pretty I safe. Wish. To say. I just caught up on all my Jersey Shore though, and this isn't. Like I'm not gonna do like like I do with some of the other callers where like I like I'm asking questions and I kind of or I'm kind of being <laughs> condescending and putting them down. Like this is actually a genuine question. Like I'm assuming you work from home, and if that's true, do you just like have wrestling playing 24 hours a day? I. I actually don't watch it enough as I wish to uh, to be honest. I know that sounds surprising, but there's there's a lot of Jap- there's New New Japan and Noah. I want to catch up more with to be honest, because then that way I can start uh, doing my own content. But um, I, yeah, there's there's Japanese wrestling I need to catch up with more, and then uh, I have uh, New Japan and Noah to watch that I need to catch up on, but. Um, like the California show, I heard I, I bet was really good, and I haven't caught up with it. But I was really happy with uh, AEW All Out. Christmas morning for me with all those debuts, like four debuts and Punk's match, and then Suzuki showing up. So I mean, there's just there is a do, lot of content to to, to watch. Do, do you, so yeah. Do you, do you remember? Do you, and I'm not trying to put AEW down. Believe me, I hope they succeed because, like I said, it's going to push WWE to do better. Uh, but do you remember? That brief period when Impact was going to push WWE, when they ran opposite no. them, they ran opposite no, I, them. I they, they had the Outsiders. Oh, they had the Nasty Boys. They had Val Venus. You mean like they, they were adding all these thousands? Well, it would be like 2010 or 11, I guess it was when one oh, yeah, right around. Right. Right around. Sean Waltman was it? They they just went. There was one episode. I think it was the first night. That WWE that they were running against WWE on Monday night, and everyone made such a big deal out of it. We even had a debate on this show uh, about, you know, would they be able to break the 1.0 rating? And I, I forget if they did. I, I don't remember offhand. Um, but I said that was a great show. That was a great effort, Steve. Um, and and by the way, WWE countered it with Sean and Brett reuniting, which was like a masterful idea to do that. Um, but I remember saying that the only way Impact is going to be successful is if they debut eight to nine wrestlers every week on their show. Because that was the only reason to tune in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and and that... I worry about AEW. You know, how much momentum can they get when they're not surprises jumping in? Because at some point they're going to run out of it WWE rejects to add. 
not rejects. That's not fair. Uh, actually, some of them Release. are very good friends. They're going to run out of WWE uh, departures to add. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mean rejects. So, so if I can, Brady, and I, I don't want to speak for guys like Stroh and Jim that obviously are, are more intimately knowledgeable about being actually in the business than, than me, but I think that what I'm going to say is probably pretty close. It's not the difference between the two. TNA got a whole bunch of momentum up front and then didn't understand how to use that talent to keep people there because it became, and I, and I remember that at the time, Mike Bessler and I were doing our own thing then. I, I remember. I remember that guy. I do too. I, I remember that impact essentially became nitro, the epilogue. And there was, like, I suppose if, if you're just looking for a hit of nostalgia, that was fine. But TNA never learned how to get people to make me care about non-WCW guys. Now, AEW has done the first part right. They, they're bringing new people in. They've done the easy part. But Sorry. Well, no, you're, I mean, you're not wrong, though. Yeah. The difference is, though, is that AEW has at least shown that it is capable of making stars in and of itself. How many times they can do that, to what degree they do that, obviously we could debate that until we are old and dead. But TNA, yes, they had momentum, but they then never applied that momentum. I, Whereas we can't necessarily make that that judgment yet. You could argue, and I know I'm I'm the TNA apologist in the group. I mean, I'm the only one who said that they're not dead. Um, they're dead. Well, I, I think they're going to sign. I think they're going to have to play victory on this. They could sign uh, Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Very possibly, because I think they would give him that Matt Hardy uh, freedom to create what he wants. And uh, I oh, think probably, uh, probably let them. Yeah. Chris Jer- I don't know Chris if they'll Jericho go there, he, but yeah. Chris Jericho said he was very close to signing his impact. So I'm, I think they do have money, even though they're not I, super relevant right now. But they have the money. My thing where AEW is successful, and this is something that. A company hasn't been able to do in a long time, like a, probably 20 years at least. Um, they've been able to present something compelling to WWE-level talent, enough so that they could stay with WWE or they could hop over. I don't think that was Impact. I think Impact was getting the guys that WWE didn't want anymore, by and large, or didn't have a need for at the moment, Ric Flair and Mick Foley, for example. Um, I think that that's where AEW is successful, that they've been able to create an environment where people want to go there versus, like, having to go there. And that's the difference. But 
I think that's about where their success to this point stops. You know, just because they've created an environment that's attractive for guys to come uh, doesn't mean that it's going to be an environment that's attractive for them to want to stay there. And that and that's the same problem that Impact had, and that's the same problem that any number of other companies have had over the years. You know, um, it's really easy to do a show when you got all this steak and sizzle. You know, where you where you're debuting Brian Danielson and you're debuting Adam Cole as a surprise and and Ruby Soho and CM Punk and I assume Bray Wyatt and, and all these names are coming in all the time. That's the easy part. The hard part is. Now you've got all these names, and they're not just on paper, and you've got to make a compelling show out of that every week and not lose fans oh, and not not make this bloated I'm, roster, not have anybody on this bloated roster feel like they're being looked over. I'm compelled. I'm compelled greatly. Malachi Black is Dustin Rhodes, uh, Suzuki versus uh, Moxley. The weekly Dynamites are having these – pay-per-view worthy matches. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this week. Yeah, and I think up, Steve has something here. I think Steve has something here. Where I, the the thing is, I think if you look at, and I would be interested to hear what other people's thoughts kind of on this are. If you look at, if you took the names off it, and you just looked at what happens on each show, the reality is that. On AEW Dynamite, you have a large number of non-intersecting storylines. Is it necessarily well? While it may not necessarily be enough for the size of their roster, it's a significantly better job than we have seen. Really, from anybody in the last what twenty twenty five years? I don't know. I I don't think it's that special. That's just me. <laughs> Call me I a just, hater. I, I I've been I, taking a break from WWE to be honest. Like I barely catch up with NXT or the main shows to be honest. Like there's some great talent in all three shows, but mm-hmm. it's just. Like you said, there there is a lot of wrestling out there, and it's like I'd rather watch the most fun show, and I think that's AEW, and then uh, Dynamite at least, and then Rampage sometimes, you know, lately, and then um, I like the UK uh, style, but I haven't been watching it a lot, and really Walter is like the main draw on there, and Ilya, but um, uh, I do like Finn Balor on SmackDown, but it's just. I feel uh, what Mick Foley was uh, saying saying about Karrion Cross, like that just really, Karrion Cross, Malachi Black, Ray Wyatt, that just killed me. Like, I just, uh, my interest was just dropping when I saw those releases and Karrion Cross getting changed up because I liked his MMA look and Scarlett being in his entrance. It's just, it's hard to keep my interest and when things just, are going to change when you're invested in, I, in a certain character. I I, I think um, there's definitely something to that. Actually, no, you're fine. Matt Grimm actually sent me a list uh, before we went on the air tonight. I meant to bring it up while he was here. Uh, but I, the, all these guys have something in common, and I think you're going to see it really quickly. Uh, Bo Dallas, Pac, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, 
Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode, Malachi Black, Andrade, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross. That's a lot of names. That's a lot of names. Some of them are with WWE. Some of them aren't. Um, I think I think Nakamura is okay right now, but I wonder how long it'll last because um, I, I I think he's doing okay with the. Well, WWE decides they don't want to pay. So my 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 argument my my yeah. argument is all of those guys right. were guys that they built NXT around since they right. launched the network, and each and every one of those guys got moved up to the main roster. And struggled to a certain degree. Some more than others, for sure. Uh, but each and every one of those guys has had issues. And I think until you've got the same kind of collective mindset, collective is the wrong word, until you've got the same mindset governing developmental and main roster, I think you're going to have a problem because there's a disconnect there. They're training guys or letting guys do what they've always done. And then the expectation is they're going to be different when they come up, and they're not, because this is what they've been doing for NXT. This is what, as far as they know, is that they're expected to do. And then they come up, and the, the big guy in charge isn't impressed. It's a shame, but it's the truth. I don't know it's how the, true it is, truth. but I don't know how true it is, not, not what you're saying, but the Adam Cole rumor was that he was going to be a manager in SmackDown. That's what I heard from uh, Rick I heard that. recorded. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if I'm Triple H, I, I know he only signed a three-year deal. If I'm Triple H, I'm on the phone with him constantly for the next three years. And in three years, mm -hmm. if Hunter is somehow booking the main roster, which I'm really hoping is going to be the case at some point, um, I come back and I make Adam Cole my Shawn Michaels. I would make him my guy because I think he's that good. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they sign people back or they get someone like an MJF or, or they get a start. Eventually. Point. Eventually yeah. you're going to get the guys that start jumping back and forth based on the best offer. Yeah, Especially just trying to be realistic. If yeah. AEW pulls themselves about to where WWE is, where you're making the same kind of money, which it seems like they're about there, yeah, like I, I think it, you'll eventually get a bunch of like – Jeff Jarrett or Dustin Rhodes who like, you know, like like during the Attitude Era, you know, who are willing to just jump back and forth based on whoever has the best offer. I think it's going to happen. I do. I think Unless I think you implode before then. I think it just depends if they want outside uh, money like Twitch or if they want to work near Japan because that's kind of what Adam Cole and Dan Bryan I think were really – relying on is just getting the work outside and also Adam Colgan that Twitch and then it's really interesting how Brody Lee has influenced these recent signings with Punk and Brian. It it's like a cosmic uh cosmic uh reaction I guess. His passing does, um, the way they kept it secret. Does, uh, I, I can't think of her name. Um it's so bad. Uh, Rosita, uh, she's on SmackDown now. You know what I mean? The real short girl. Interesting. She, she dated Austin. Oh, oh, uh, Andrade's manager. Selena Vega. Does Selena she? Vega. I, I'm I not a her, Twitch yeah. guy. Does she still have her channel? Uh, she has it still as Thea Trinidad, but Alistair Black or Malachi Black is using it. Okay, so she essentially so, abandoned yeah. her her channel. 
to go back. Yeah, it's just just her husband. I was wondering yeah. about that because I I was wondering if WWE was kind of bending on that. I'm actually in his uh, Discord in the the Trinidad Discord and his uh, Black Mask brand Discord. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Lots of true over there. Uh, so nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Let's take a commercial break, and on the other side, we're going to kind of regroup, maybe uh, change direction, look at some other stuff as well. Uh, but we will be right back. This is in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. And as soon as I find the commercial, we will be. This is the Slipster, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at nine. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm, and you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major fads as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian team David Lane and wrestler, promoter, Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stagg of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Don't go. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, right here live on VOCNation.com. Brady Hicks, and uh, I've got with me Stro, I've got Jim Molyneux, and I've got Ray Bogus as well. And we're uh, we're having some fun tonight for sure. Nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. We're talking about. AEW and WWE and all this different stuff. I got I got a fun topic I'm going to introduce uh, in a short bit. But before we kind of really jump back in, Stro, what do you got going on this week, man? Oh goodness. Well, uh, Thursday night WWE Retro right here on VSNation.com, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're we're going to be discussing some of our. Uh, Favorite uh, promos to the some favorite wrestling promos. So okay, you got a favorite wrestling promo uh, you'd like to share? Call in and Friday night, uh, the show's on returns at midnight Eastern Standard Time, and it'll be a double feature. Uh, first feature will be Terror in the Midnight Sun, and the second feature will be a Night of Magic. So please tune in. All right. So if. Thursday is the only night that I don't automatically have something going on, and I'm in the middle of a move. So whether or not I can get on, can I send you one? Sure. Because I, I have, I have one in mind that I, I really would almost like every other wrestler to sit down and watch. Okay. Can, can I? All right. Just say right. it. I'm gonna um, say mine. Okay, so there's this old Crusher promo. Oh, cool. Um, he, and he's cutting a promo, promo on Brumer, Bruno San Martino. Boomer San Martino. And That'd be a cool guy. And, and, and Boomer yeah, San Martino, which is <laughs> uh, Boomer, Boomer San Martino is just a guy who still waves a Trump flag all over. Um, that's, that's Boomer San Martino. And he complains um, constantly. Oh, about everything. Uh, no, he's cutting a promo on Bruno San Martino, and he's got this donkey pinata. And he starts he starts talking about yeah how he's here with his buddy Bruno because he saw it in the shop, and you know the the face looks like Bruno and the ears look like Bruno. Uh, it, it's just fabulous. It's just really fabulous, and uh, it's it's so natural. Oh, I'd love to check it out. So I'll once we go off air, I'll get a I'll get a way to contact you. Um, okay, great. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I um I was gonna say from my end, I've got two, two that I absolutely loved, and both of which I'm sure anybody who's watched kind of mainstream wrestling. Uh, the first was Ric Flair when he won the Royal Rumble, the tear in his eye promo. Uh, my God, magical, yeah. magical. Awesome. If you didn't like awesome. him before that match, that, that promo, I think, won you over in almost all mm-hmm. cases. Um, the other one, and he was so good at gym, I'm sure you were there firsthand, uh, Mick Foley, uh, especially like the one uh, where he was like talking about all the sacrifices he made, and he kept trying to like put the pen behind his ear, and it kept falling. And it was like, look, because <laughs> I'm hardcore. Uh, it was just great. It was just, He was so good. He was such a good promo back in the day. It uh, it amazed me that Vince McMahon didn't want him sooner just for that. Yeah, there was there was the one night at the arena where uh, I forget who he was going to wrestle, but he refused to wrestle 
in front of the Philadelphia crowd because they wanted a <laughs> hardcore match and he wasn't being hardcore. And so he said, I'm going to go home and, or I'm going to go back to my hotel room and I'm going to put on um, TBS and watch move, watch a movie that for movie a man for, for movies that men like to watch. <laughs> he, he left the ring, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and I, had, I had to call him back into the ring. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. And he was like doing like the headlocks and the and the drop toe holds and stuff, just to make people mad. Right. If I remember that correctly, yeah. Yep. That was great. Absolutely. That was great. <laughs> Jim, did you have anything come on up you wanted to plug? Um, not for the next couple of weeks. Uh, ECWA, of course, you'll be there. 18th, yep. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's the next thing I have coming up. Um, okay. So looking forward to that. Looks like yeah, some, it'll be fun. Some good matches lined up for that. We're, uh, uh, gonna... we need... Oh, sorry, I thought you were done. No, no done. I, I was just going to say, I, I, real quick, I just was going to say, uh, so next week, I believe, will be the go-home for the ECWA show. I'm going to try and get one or two ECWA people to uh, kind of pop on so we can talk about uh, the 54th anniversary show, which uh, it's been going about as long as the Super Bowl. It's crazy if you think about it. Uh, ECWA, go ahead, Ray. Oh, I was going to say, and it's, um, uh, ECWA really should – Give Jim his own segment, and I'm thinking kind of like I'm thinking like Gene Okerlund uh, at the at the Detroit Zoo, um, where he eventually interviews uh, George the Animal Steel, and we call it Jim's Junction, and he just kind of talks about some well, just whatever sort of on his mind, and then asks people questions. And if they're not willing to give that to him, if they're not willing to give that to him, then we certainly should. Does it get a little like? Does it get like a little engineer hat? You know, Jim Shung. Um, yes, it's better than like Jim Shung. Like the con- yeah. like the conjunction junction guy. Exactly. Yeah. What's your function? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's better than Jim's jungle. You know, I just picture him like Lord Alfred Hayes running around with like the uh, the, the explorer the hat. Helmet. You know. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So Ray, you were saying, I, I, and again, I'm old, so you got to forgive me. But uh, what, what were you saying that we should continue the discussion on the air? Because I don't remember a lick. Oh, we were I'm talking safe. about. I spent we all that time. About, I spent all that time killing time, hoping I'd remember. Go ahead. No, that's that's fine. That's fine because like, you, just like an Alzheimer's patient, you asked me to very much you asked me to say something, and then just kind of kept talking. Yeah. So that's yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I that's my thing. On the show at this point. Yeah. yeah. Like you did just there. So Yes. We were talking off air. So anyway, no, I'm getting good. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> okay. So we were talking off air. He's giving me the teacher we were talking. We were talking off air. I had to get that look a lot the last couple of days. I don't want to get that look anymore. Uh, we were talking off air about CM Punk's match with Darby And the discussion was initially, it was you and it was you and Jim talking about how you guys thought. And I, I 
we kind of maybe want to start the segment with your thoughts, that you guys thought that CM Punk should have wrestled a heel first, that someone should have slid in and said, whoa, 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 you can't just go straight to the top. Yes, I, I, I brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm said it while we were talking. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of a face versus face. I want to see the sheriff going after the outlaw. Um, I, I don't want to see the, the sheriff fighting the, the U.S. Marshal. <laughs> in town. I, you know, I, I'm old school that way, and I, I just felt, you know, it, it, it's a good way to bring him in. Um, and, and not necessarily bring, starting with, you know, the, the very bottom heel that there is, you know, start their mid-card heels, who, whoever you, you think it might be, um, and and go from there with, with build-up. And, you know, even, you know, they're, they're, so, they're so full of um, factions. Why doesn't a faction, why didn't a faction come down and, and jump on them? And he could go through each one of them, building to their, their top guy in their faction. Yeah. Um, something like that, I, I think, could have happened. And, and bring Darby Allen in as, you know, as a partner or, you know, a friend. I, I, hate, to, I hate to say to create more factions because there's too many there, as there is. Um, there should only be, like, three or four. There's probably, like, six or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, just a way to Bang find words. things for, for people to do. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. so you can have every show can be a, a six-man match. Ooh, every match can be a six-man match. They've got so many people there. So if I can be just play devil's advocate for a second, because the truth be told, I normally am right there with you, saying no. I need you to give. I need you to give me a definitive, a definitive light and a definitive dark. I I think again, just kind of. Trying to play contrarian here because I do see this. I've been called contrarian. You have been you have in fact been contrarian on this very show, like this episode today. Yeah, you were you like were literally like years old five minutes ago. Yeah, second. Yeah, like you, you 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 were today years old the last time you were contrarian. So if I if I can do that for a second. That was supposed oh, to be the shit. horn. I'm sorry. That was supposed oh, to be the shit. horn. God, you're just the way that you are. Insufferable. And insufferable. <laughs> so, this probably was the best way. I'm done. I'm done. Please move your... Please move your desk and chair into the hallway. <laughs> Mr. Hicks, I'm going to take your desk. I'm going to drag it all the way out of the building and right down to administration. Don't think I won't. Let them deal with you. So here's the thing. I think that this might have been the best way to bring CM Punk in. And, and, and here's kind of follow my logic on this. Before, like before you immediately tell me, no, Ray, you are brain damaged and wrong, don't. Before you do that, follow my logic on this. CM Punk had to win his first match. Otherwise, everything else going forward would seem kind of silly. 
Number two, Darby Allen was the best positioned person to take a loss to CM Punk but not suffer any damage because of it. Like, do you think Darby Allen is any less of a contender now? Than no, I think, he did I think he's more. Days ago? I think okay. he's more of a contender. Okay, so in that, with that in mind, I'm not necessarily sure that most, if any, of the other roster was positioned to do that. And when you say some of these lower or middling heel guys, then you don't have to give me one, but just think of one in your head and think about whether or not they necessarily could have taken the loss as well as Darby Allen did. And I think you – I'm not saying you couldn't make a compelling case, but I think he would be a lot harder pressed. Okay, here can I here here was what I would have wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have had Punk come in, establish that he's friends with Darby Allen, not necessarily have Darby Allen be involved with his match. Um, have and have the heel I was thinking of, and and I'm sorry I forget which one was hurt and which one wasn't. But FTR, one of the guys, was, was out with an injury. Yeah. I would have had the one who was healthy say, hey, who do you think you are coming in here? We just came in here, and, and we went to the top because we're superstars, you know, and, and set up a challenge. I think they would have had a really nice singles match, and it would have been a way to, one, bring in the returning FTR member, have him interfere at the end, not maybe not even at during the match, but after the match, come in and jump on Punk. And there you have Darby Allen come in and side with Punk. And you, there's your next Wednesday night match or, or your, your Friday night match yeah. between the returning FTR and with Darby Allen and CM Punk as a tag team. Okay. I can get behind that. I guess all I'm trying to do is say, like, like I don't. And I, and I, and first of all, let me say, I don't disagree with what you said, with, with both of your points. Right, and I don't, I actually don't disagree with what you said. I guess I just like say, like, like, I don't. If my complaint about the CM Punk debut, and that goes from when he first came out in Chicago until he got the victory uh, Sunday night. If my complaint is, well, he didn't face a heel, then I don't have a complaint. I guess it's kind of my point. I think more of my complaint is I wanted to see a wrestling match, not a gymnastics exhibition. But you're going to see that anytime <laughs> you want to get a Darby Allen match. I, I know. That's why I don't like him. Like, I think oh, um, I, wanted, I wanted to see MP, I wanted to see CM Punk have a fight. I, I I think I think I agree with you, Jim. I do. Um, I, I I think that there's something to be said with say like give people the excitement in doses, like to kind of jump to like he's here, 
blah, blah, blah. They did, he's here, here's his big promo, and here's the first dream match, all in the course of about 10 minutes. And they could have, like, they could have gotten a lot more out of it, I think, if they kind of drug out those moments to build toward that. And like you said, having him feud with the guy from FDR, FTR, not FDR, uh, would be tremendous. Uh, a great way to do that because, uh, you know, they would have a great match. And in the end, um, Punk could take that and go to the next level and, and kind of go from there. Um, I do think there's an element in AEW of, like, we got to give them as many dream matches as possible as quickly as possible. I don't know what the thought is, like, Punk's not going to be around forever or what the deal is there. Uh, maybe he's only signed for so many matches. I really don't know. But it's an interesting concept. I definitely would have drug it out more. Or at the very least, like I said, um, I would have Darby Allin turn bad. If you're if you're going to force that match as the first pay-per-view match, I would have probably turned Darby Allin. Yeah, I don't think I would because you've got too many people behind Darby Allin that, that mm-hmm. really like him and, and see him as this skateboarding hero or, you know, this this stunt hero who does these crazy things, not just on skateboards. Um, and I don't, I don't think he would be accepted as a heel, no matter how hard you try to change him. I don't mm-hmm. think he, he would be. Okay. Uh, Even against CM Punk? He, he's, he's, he's their John Cena. Not, not, not to the status of John Cena, yeah. but the concept of John Cena. There's no way you can take, even turn John Cena I, I, and because he's the top-selling, you know, merchandise guy with the company, where okay. Darby Allen is, if he's not, or if he before CM Punk, he was probably one of the the top-selling merchandise guys. Yeah, I looked at it like uh, Darby Allen is Jeff Hardy before he got the world title. That's mm-hmm. the kind of momentum that he has. That's how I see it. Oh, that's so, I mean, that's so accurate. Not just because I think the momentum is right, but I mean, I mean. If you see like like the uh, like the office meme, or you know, corporate needs you to tell the difference between these two pictures. It's the same picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really they're, they're, they're the same guy. Yeah, it's just that one does less math. <laughs> By the way, I did put myself in detention. If you look at the screen, right. <laughs> Ooh, who's the cutie on the inside right? That's me, actually. Oh, no, I'm in the center. Sorry. In the pink shirt. Jeez. <laughs> you know, Brady, you're look, you, I mean, Brady, you're looking masculine <laughs> yourself. But that's Thank not, you. Thank that's you. That's what I would be interested in. Uh, so there's certainly a lot of still discussion, I think, to go there. And it's probably something we're going to be talking about for a long time to come. Uh, AEW's uh, pay-per-view is this Saturday, uh, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. AEW this, oh no, what am I thinking? No, it was last weekend. My bad. I'm a week behind here. Um, yeah. So there's a lot, there's certainly a lot of discussion that's going to come. God, Ray, I think I do have Alzheimer's. My God. I'm losing it. I didn't see the pay-per-view yet, so. I will. Sunny Downer Syndrome. Yeah. Um, anyway, did you guys hear about this yeah. Undertaker thing with the Netflix? No. I, it's amazing. It, it's re, it really is amazing. 
this was like right away. I was like, I was going to do it for like the uh, the thing at the end of the night, the quick hits. But I was like, this is too good for this. I I I I gotta. So the Undertaker has signed on with Netflix. He and the New Day are going to be part of. You know how they have those interactive uh, kind of features on Netflix where you get to choose, like choose your own adventure. You get mm-hmm. to. <clears throat> so. It's called Escape from the Undertaker, or Escape the Undertaker. In this interactive film featuring WWE superstars, The Undertaker has set a trap for the decorated tag team The New Day at his mansion. What they don't know, The Undertaker's mansion is an extreme haunted house, packed to the brim with supernatural challenges. It's up to the viewers to decide the fate of three, three poor souls trying to survive the wrath of The Undertaker. Now, I have a question. Yes. Is the sort of endgame villain in this that that one of the New Day members has to get a clean pin on Michelle McCool, something that I, I'm pretty sure nobody else has ever managed to pull off? <laughs> I don't know. I just That's think it's mean. a cool time. Should, it's a, yeah, I, 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 shouldn't over, I was just glossing over that. I, 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 I think it's a cool concept, and I think um, – you know, especially if they're targeting kids, I, I think it's a neat idea. It's something that I think. Well, that's good because um, I hope they are targeting targeting kids because all I can think of is like a naked Midian chasing you through through one of <laughs> 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 It's a shame Paul Bearer is not around because he would have been great for that. Yes, he would. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. I, I I'm glad to see it and. Uh, you know, if it gets him away from the stupid biker undertaker that I never appreciated, then uh, I'm all for it. So, Here's what I actually would like. You want to talk about a great sort of next step in the story of the undertaker now that he is kind of off living his life. I would like to see him actually come back, but now he's Paul Bearer. And some new person is a new Undertaker. I, I think that would probably be. <laughs> it could have been Aleister Black if they played their cards right. Yeah. Well, how did they their cards right? It could have been, could have been Aleister Black if anyone had reminded Vince that Aleister Black was on the roster. Someone <laughs> goes over to the body, pokes him. Vince, Vince, he wakes up. Oh, it's out of the heart. Just like all of a sudden startled. Whoa. What do you this want, Carl? This, we've got this guy named Dallas <laughs> Black. Oh, we better Ooh. release him. Never heard of him. Let me know if he can find that melter for me. Go back to sleep. I don't think they're going to Vince to say who, who's around and who, who's, who could be released. We're going to end up doing a segment on this show one day where we talk about uh, Vince wandering down to the WWE kennel and just getting lost. Because that's got to be what's happening at this point. He's well, lost I, in the warehouse. I'm picturing, like, um, you remember the movie Parasite? Did you ever see Parasite? No. So, And I won't give it away, but it's about, like, this rich family, and there's all these, like, people that kind of, like, mooch off them that they don't even know it that live like in their basement and like they basically like come up and steal food during the you know when they're at work or whatever so basically there's a bunch of parasites that live off of them that they have no idea i read about this yes okay so i think it would be great if children yeah if vince went down to the kennel 
and he found like JTG in the corner somewhere, you know, or I, I don't know. I guess he's <laughs> not there anymore. I, I don't know who would be the uh Tim we did this we did this gag for years, uh, where WWE would keep their unused talent in a kennel. And William Regal was in charge of them and then randomly they would like yeah, first of all, if they ventured out of the kennel, then Vince would find them and, and get rid of them right away. So, like, JTG was there for years, like, collecting a paycheck and doing nothing. And I, I'm sure that there's other guys who are there now. I'm just having a hard time thinking of who it could be. But, yeah. If Vince went down there, and he would freak. It would be like Parasite. You could have done that back in the day with WCW, too. They didn't know who they had. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, but literally, you could have Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, you could, you could have. Um, 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 I forgot they had Mikey. Oh, crap. Uh, Lethal last, Lanny. My God, yeah. when's the last time we got a Mikey Whipwreck reference on this show? It's got to be been years. Probably since he was on. <laughs> big, big Mikey Whipwreck. Hello, Mikey. Anyway. I love Mikey. He's great. I do, too. He's a great guy. Yeah. Hello, Mikey. Hope you're doing good. Yeah. We should get him on. I'm going to reach out to him at some point. Maybe this week. I um, yeah. Wasn't there a story with someone with WWE where they they wanted to hire him, and then they found out that they actually had him under contract already? I feel like I heard yeah, that. I, I remember hearing that story. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. We should hire that guy. Yeah. All right. He's already here. Well, then fire. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> Fire um, bring him back. Yeah. Good stuff. What do you What do you guys think about doing some uh, quick hits, and we'll get out of here? Oh, let's, let's do them. Let's do them. All right. Let's see here. So, all right. There's nothing out there. Uh, all right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. That's the quick that's the quick hit. I go to this app for them. I go to this app and and this week it happens to be that everything that's like the top twenty things on there are things that we've talked about tonight. Uh Charlotte Flair has completed one thousand days as a champion. Forget like one thousand consecutive, uh one thousand days total. As a champion, there's a lot of talk. Oh, she, there's a lot of talk that she's going to be the one to break Ric Flair's record. I hope that in celebration of this, she get a one. She gets a one thousand days ship like they give to Alcoholics Anonymous attendees. <laughs> she needs it. Do you guys think there's any chance that she would ever go to AEW with her with her um, no. future husband? No. No, really? I think I, so. Really? I think yeah, I think if she feels that she's being mistreated, right, that she would go because I think, you know, as we talked earlier about their roster being so full, they would take her in a minute. I I think so. And too. we don't do we necessarily know if Rick's there? I don't, you know, he hasn't shown up yet. He showed up at the, at the NWA. Yeah. I mean, I I heard he was going there, but again, I don't know. I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I didn't believe that Daniel Bryan was really going there until he showed up. 
I just kind of assumed that it was all just stuff that people were putting out there. Um, so I don't know. But in any event, I could see her at some point getting frustrated and leaving. Yeah. If it's at the end well, of a contract or something. I kind of wanted just as quick hits. I had kind of wanted to just give my one liner and leave it. To, leave yeah, it yeah, yeah. But I guess, um, but since we, we ended up going down this road, I suppose I could see her going there if her dad goes there first. But otherwise, I, just because, and I'm purely, I don't know anything about her, so I'm purely playing the odds here. I would say that she is more likely to just go home. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think she'll go somewhere because I, I think that she's on top of the world right now. I don't know. I uh, That's just what I think. But um, How about this one? You know, we're talking about Ric Flair. So Ric Flair, uh, he, he's talking about um, the AEW and possibly having a match. And he, he starts right away talking about the Four Horsemen, which I totally forgot that Arn and Tully are already there. Somebody get J.J. Dillon on the phone. J.J.'s been there, too. Yeah. Who would be last? Barry, Barry Windham. I would imagine they could get Barry Windham for an appearance. Why not? Well, if Bray Wyatt's coming in, you know, his, his Uncle Barry could come in, too. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But here's what I found interesting. And this just goes to the respect. I, I think not everyone recognizes this. But asked outright, Flair asked if he would have a match in AEW. His answer was, absolutely. He'd have to ask for Vince's blessing first. So here's uh, here's the ultimate tip for this. Uh, what that answer means is that Rick never actually saw any of those three atrocious matches he had against Hulk Hogan in Australia. And... Or the impact so stuff. Needs, someone <laughs> needs to show him those. Yeah. And that, that that way he can just say, oh, right, no. All right. I think that's it. Uh, there's really not that much news out there. So, um, oh, yeah. Uh, Ray, did you have anything you wanted to uh, to plug on the way out tonight? Definitely listen to Stroh's show because I will either – uh, and this would be the less exciting of the two options. I wanted to be calling in to talk about the promo, or uh, probably far more interestingly, Stro will have a Crusher promo in addition to all of the other great promos I am sure that both he and his callers will come up with. Cool. Very cool. Uh, Jim, anything? Uh, I know, I mean, you said you got ECWA coming up, but... Uh... Yeah, no, thank yeah, you for joining I mean, us. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, thanks for having me again. Um, something I didn't um, bring up last time or this time, and excuse me for kind of being distracted here while I'm putting in a passcode I can't remember. Well, that's that's me every time I talk. I'm doing eight things at once. Um, I have, I, I've come up with a line of parody referee t-shirts, wrestling t-shirts. Nice. And they okay. all come off of um, 
an existing T-shirt. So, like, I have, um, in, instead of the Bullet Club, we have the Referee Club. Okay. <laughs> re- re- so it's the Referee Club with the Bullet Club, lo- you know, kind of logo, and on the bottom it says one, two, three. Okay. Uh, Better than the Muffin Club. The three, Sorry. There you go. But I like the Muffin um, Club. You know, yeah. yeah. I like the Muffin Club, too. Yeah. Uh, instead of Austin 316, I have referee 123. <laughs> uh, I have two two uh, Refamania t-shirts. Refamania okay. running wild. One in black and white because of referees, and one in the traditional Hogan red and gold. And then the one that seems to be popular, the most popular, is the EC Ref and W. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> EC Ref so, and W. <laughs> so if if you go to my store. And yeah. I'm trying to bring it up. So it's it's through T Public. So it's it's tpublic dot com slash user slash extreme dash referee. It's really it's a weird email or it's a weird address for the thing, but it, you can go to T Public and try to find them. It okay. Takes you a while. Uh, for some reason, I can't. Um, but yeah, it's just a bunch of parody shirts. I thought let me give it a try and and get some haha and. You know, have some fun with it, man. It's a great uh, idea. Sell a couple shirts here and there. Yeah, yeah. So actually, um, when I when I do some appearances, I do have the EC Ref and W shirts. And okay. I've got some stickers. So, um, but otherwise, check them out at, at T Public. If, I think if I get enough people following me, I can move it over to um, to re- uh, Wrestling Tees. <laughs> I think you have okay. to have so many people follow you. Well, Tim, and I'm not I- there yet. Jim, I would be totally willing, if you want to put them on the VOC Nation, I would give you 100% of whatever you pull in. I mean, we had it for Wrestling Tees. Uh, I, I don't know how successful it is, but we met the minimum, so whatever that was. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm getting All right. there. All right. Cool. Uh, Stro, in another fun week. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, your upcoming days. That really sounded weird. That was a weird way to put it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Thursday, Thursday night, WCW Retro on BeardsNation.com at 19 Eastern Standard Time. We'll be discussing, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, stuff. some of our favorite wrestling promos of the year. So if you got a favorite wrestling promo you'd like to share, uh, please call in. And it's Friday night on the Scrow Zone at midnight Eastern Standard Time on my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash the Maestro. It'll be a double feature. Um, first feature will be Terror to Midnight Sun, and the second feature will be A Night of Magic. And also next uh, Saturday, 18th, I'm going to be doing commentary for Shockwave Wrestling Entertainment at the Craven County Fairgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, in, <laughs> in um, Newburgh, North Carolina. And more information on the event goes to shockwavewrestling.com. Okay, very cool. Uh, so, first of all, thank you to everybody for tuning in this week. I, I know it was a mess. I, I felt like I was so distracted, but hopefully uh, you guys all got some enjoyment out of it, and I certainly love getting together each and every week with all of you guys. Uh, thank you to the best cast and crew that I could ever ask for. Uh, Kathy, Stro, Derek, Ray, Matt, uh, Jim, thank you once again, and uh, you're welcome on any time, my friend. I, I, I have a feeling that... Uh, We'll, we'll be doing this again real soon, I would hope. So, um, uh, beyond that, yeah, no, everybody be good to each other. 
Next week, ECWA on the 18th. That's the 54th anniversary show. I'll try and line up an ECWA guest for next week if we can. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Everybody be good to each other. Take care. Love you all very much. Bye-bye. Goodbye.